This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. American dancer and choreographer Agnes DeMille said, The truest expression of a people is in its dance and in its music. Bodies never lie. Today on Center Stage, I have the delight of speaking with three dancers whose choreography tells the truth in the spirit of Ms. DeMille. Truth to their art in ballet and modern dance, and truth to themselves in their artistic integrity. Returning today is my guest, Brett Raphael, founder and director of Connecticut Ballet. It has been almost a year since Brett has been on my show due to the challenges of the pandemic. I take great pleasure in supporting Brett and his marvelous work with Connecticut Ballet, a spirited regional dance company that punches well above its weight, thanks to the unceasing dedication of Brett. Also joining him today are dancer, choreographers, Joan Rodriguez and Nicole Tung, who are helping him prepare for the digital dance series experience. The series broadcasts every fourth Sunday of the month with the next performance on February 28th. This interview was conducted via Zoom. And to watch the complete interview, I invite you to visit my website, centerstagewithpamelacoon.com. So now let's welcome my dancers to Center Stage. Brett, I have not seen you in months. Yes. Isn't it's it great incredible? to hear your voice, and uh, we're all still doing it. A little bit, a little bit uh, worse for wear, but we're getting back the tools, and I think it's going to be fine in the long run. We're a little bit rusty, but we're back working, and that's so important. <laughs> You're rusty. Yeah, I think that would yeah. be the operative word right now. I think we're all rusty in the performing arts. Um, Brett, just first of all, what what are the challenges that you've had to uh, meet head on with Connecticut Ballet? I know for all your dancers and, of course, for, for your ballet school. Right. Well, back in the spring, we, we canceled our spring season. We then had to cancel our summer season and then our fall nutcracker. So it's a triple whammy. But we were able to bring the company back together for a two or three week rehearsal period. And we did two shows called ballet under the stars in Hartford. And that was a huge lift for us, for the spirit and got the dancers back in the studio working. Um, At that time we did all the new pieces via zoom, which was an entirely new experience, not really to my liking, but nonetheless, we pulled it off. This time round, uh, you know, I started uh, creating a, in my head a concept for an online series, but we would create it in the studio safely, wearing masks, testing every week and so forth and kind of creating our own pod. And that's exactly what we're doing. So the digital dance series was born. Um, the first program was in January and we're coming up on the second program now. And these two Artists are going to do the third and fourth, respectively, and I'm going to finish it out in May. So that's our panoply of dancers and choreographers, and we're really excited to have these two with us. 
That's very exciting. So I understand you are taking the same protocols that many dance companies have been forced to do across the board. And that means testing, wearing of the mask, the social distancing, and, and really controlling all of your rehearsals. That's correct. Uh, it was the experiment of the spring and summer and fall that allowed us to really feel confident that we could do this. Of course, the dancers uh, need to be confident. They we're not living together in a pod. They go off and, and live with their spouses and their friends and, and they go to their teaching gigs. But when we come together, we have to feel confident that we can make this work. And so far, knock on wood, it's been fine. Um, we do have some partnering going on, which is close proximity, but dancers still wearing masks. And uh, we're, we're going to discuss the situation with regard to shooting it and performing it in public down the road if we're comfortable removing those masks. That, and that may have to do with state guidelines, too. And, of course, the vaccine process. I, I suppose that makes us all feel more comfortable as time goes on. Um, so, ladies first here, Nicole. Nicole Tung, I, I understand um, that you have actually choreographed a piece about COVID. Um, can you draw us into that? Yeah, so um, my family came to stay last year and uh, I was on the verge of casting a musical, which I've been working on for eight years, um, which is called The Heroine Diaries. And while they were visiting, uh, my father developed a cough. And so we contacted the local doctor who advised him not to travel home back to the UK. And they were there to basically babysit, look after my son, so that I could be in New York working. So the lockdown happened, and uh, what was meant to be a two-week stay for them turned into three months. Mm. And, uh, you know, through that time, I got to see everybody individually go through their struggles, Mm -hmm. um, the highs and the lows, and... Uh, also how we came together as a family and how it affected us as a family. There were five adults and one five-year-old boy in the mix. And so I got to see it through my son's lens and also mine. And it really at one point forced me, I I was speaking to um, a coach and he said, I really want you to spend some time looking at what you have lost here because you have lost something. And so I did, and I sat still for a minute, and I I looked at what I'd lost my musical. I had lost a very, very dear friend and mentor to the virus. I had lost my identity. I suddenly, you know, from being a producer, overnight became a stay-at-home mum who was responsible for five adults and a child, and, you know, a matriarch with a sort of heavy burden on my shoulders to keep the machine in motion every day, not knowing how long when it was going to stop. And so we all came out of it and we made, I made a big effort to make sure that there were lots of light moments to look forward to pretty much every week. That was my goal. And we even made a family movie uh, called We Are Family, <laughs> Living in Harmony, wink, wink. <laughs> and... Um, And yeah, they returned home. Uh, We were stronger for it. And then uh, and then the dust settled. Max went back to school and I had a big void of no creativity. 
which was really, really tough. And I just was very flat. And then uh, out of the blue, Brett called or emailed rather and um, said, hey, listen, I'm doing this under the Ballet Under the Stars series and I'd want you to consider, you know, perhaps choreographing for us. And um, I emailed immediately back. (laughs) I was like, yes, (laughs) thank you so much. Um, But I haven't danced in a very long time. I haven't been in a ballet studio with ballet slippers on for a very long time. So, um, you know, my passion is in storytelling. I've been a former ballerina and actor. I've worked in opera for 10 years. I, I gravitate towards story. So would you be okay if I concentrated on that uh, for the piece and perhaps even consider telling the story loosely based around my family in the lockdown over those three months? So I think I've arrived at a title which is called The Family Visit. Mm-hmm. and it tells the story through the eyes of the little boy, the grandmother, the grandfather, a little bit of the father, and then most of it through the mother. This is extraordinary. <laughs> I mean, uh, firsthand, this is extraordinary. Jo- Joanne is, is applauding here, and quite rightly. First of all, I- I'm so happy that your entire family I- is now all right. Yeah, <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- you're bringing up several things, and you've used one word, which actually is really key to me, and that is the word, you felt flat. Yeah. I think that um, all performers at this point, who would have ever thought, first of all, that we would be laid so low? You know, performing as, uh, performing arts is the most wonderful thing in the world, and suddenly we've all been silenced in in a flat kind of way. Um, I know for dancers, it must be really critical. I know you're, you're used to living with stress and injury, but suddenly not to be able to move or engage that creative process with your body. You know, as Agnes DeMille said, the body doesn't lie. This must have been, Nicole, for you, uh, so frustrating on so many levels and, of course, with your child. Well, I think it was, that's why I kept saying it was important to have mini little goals so like the weekly ones and creative events even though they weren't necessarily creating a dance piece we created a family movie instead you know we all had to take singing lessons we went on zoom with a singing teacher we, we choreographed it we you know we did a storyboard um my my son ended up we made we did a virtual play with his classmates and he was a pirate you know with his with his mates capturing his treasure. So I I think it's important to try and think out of the box Mm -hmm. and pivot Mm -hmm. and, and just be as creative as you can in very small ways. If that's just playing some music and dancing around the kitchen to get you going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Um, So I think it's just nurturing our creative souls and in bite-sized pieces right now. You've said it that. It's just sums it up right there. Okay, we can end the interview now. Um, but, first, <laughs> but first, we we have to speak to Joanne Rodriguez, who comes to us from Cuba originally. And I'm excited about talking to you today because um, I'm I'm very aware of the innovation in Cuba in the world of dance. Uh, of course, you dance on the streets. And um, there's something so bound up in your culture with movement. And I think this is a very exciting notion. Um, uh, Joanne, what was it like for you growing up in Cuba as a dancer? Um, well, it's, it was amazing. I, I, I always 
especially since I moved here to the state, when I talk about uh, my my country and me growing up there, it's hard to separate my study, my background, what I did, my, my story in general from politics, because that is in a way what got me here, right? But I am I I'm always so grateful for what I learned there and um, for the way um, my culture approach arts in general. Um, so like you said, for me, dance, um, going to dance school was just, it wasn't necessarily the, the, me because it wasn't a choice that I had. I kind of, I danced my entire life. It's all I remember me doing. I have neighbors that didn't necessarily went to dance school like I did. And they are amazing dancers because that's just part of our culture. Like we just do it. Um, and we, it's, it's also a scape that we have for everything that's going on there. So we, we really celebrate and we really party. And it's music and food and that's that's we are all about that. But we don't even need, need a reason. So that was wonderful. And I I don't know, I, I really I'm really glad that I have that in me um as an artist now. I'm here in the state, especially with everything that that is happening. I'm 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 really proud. You now live in New York City with your 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 new wife, Katie yes. Garcia, which is very exciting. Congratulations. And I have actually seen online, Joan, the fantastic abs workout that you and your wife have done. And I have to say, as a singer, it's a little intimidating to watch. You guys are pretty awesome, is the word we can use here correctly. I have to ask all of you, I mean, Joanne is talking about something I brought up earlier, and that is how how we've all dealt in lockdown. And I know for dancers, this is critical because you need to move. Um, So Joanne, to that is is working out or having a specific routine that even that you can do solo, or as Nicole said, just dance around the kitchen. Is this just essential to all of you to keep the level of, and let's be frank, depression um, away from us? Yes, definitely. I, I'm actually so grateful that I know more and that I've been introduced to the fitness world because I was never the dancer. I never had the discipline to do the extra training, you know, like the going home, stretching, cool down things. Like I would just get hurt for no reason because I just wanted to go straight and dance. Um, I would get bored sometimes in classes as a kid. I was too on ease, like I always had to be doing something. So sometimes the classroom itself wasn't what I needed or what I wanted, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. So definitely, um, I think, yes, with this um, COVID situation, we have all grown a lot in ways that we, at least I wasn't expecting or, or really prepared to do. The use of media and digital to to put our work out there that has been enforced in a way mm-hmm. uh, rather than being a choice. Like I always, I've always been interested in making videos and creating digital work, but I, I, I didn't have to do it to, to get my work being seen. So like it's kind of different and that makes you think about this kind of stuff more seriously as well as what you're going to do to, you know, to keep your body ready how can you keep yourself motivated? Um, you hear the stories of your friends. I believe my friends are dancers, most of them, right? So I hear 
their stories, like their concerns. What are we going to do even if quarantine drops? I am not ready now to audition. Or younger kids, these are the other dancers, younger dancers that are concerned of not having a place or not having material to show, mm -hmm. not have work enough with choreographers to build a strong reel. Um, and, and the need of being out there in things like Instagram or, or, or social media that to myself were never... Uh, there were never things that I wanted to do or have been good at, I feel. Um, and, but now I understand how important they are. So it's mm -hmm. all these uh, like thoughts that are somehow related, but they are not necessarily in the same plane in life that you are, I feel like throughout, throughout this year, it's been a lot of yeah, inner conversations. Isn't that interesting you bring that up? Because one thing I've spoken about a lot on this show mm -hmm. and in my own writings is the necessity for us all to slow down right now and be reflective and see where we are in the midst of all of this. Also, it's given us the chance to just completely stop. You know, we, we've had to live with silence for a while. And hopefully it will not remain flat, Nicole. I mean, <laughs> are you, are you <laughs> and I refer to that because I've known so many artists who literally at the beginning of COVID couldn't get out of bed. Mm. Literally, they were dealing with that state, the, the stages of grief. Yeah. But it sounds to me, Nicole, as if both you and Joanne are, are working together now as creative directors. And I know that that's a hat you've worn very quite often with, with all your previous works. But also now we're all becoming filmmakers to a certain degree. Would, would yeah. you think that's true, Nicole? I do. I think um, it's interesting. The piece that I'm creating will lend itself very nicely to the film uh, genre um, because it's so much storytelling and um when Brett and I were first discussing the piece, he said, oh, you know, just please, just go easy on the props. <laughs> and then he emailed me, said, can I have the props this? And I was like, yeah, it's quite long, actually. There's going to be food and suitcases and tables and chairs and clothes. And uh. he's like, oh, my God. But, you know, I'm telling a story about the family in lockdown for three months. When time is passing, there are so many ways you can show that through film. For example, I might use a scene where the grandfather plants seeds with his grandson and then we see the seeds growing and by the time the piece is finished, you know, the flowers have bloomed. And so we get to see that time has passed through this. Um, when it's live, that's a little bit harder to do. You know, I might be using a suitcase with, you know, letters saying one month later, three months later, you know, I, you know, I have to do, think of different ways, but I can do a lot more zooming in in the film piece on facial expressions um, and read so people can really get to connect uh, on a deeper level with the protagonist or the, you know, the, uh, the artist. So Brett Raphael, I can see here that aren't you lucky to be able to yeah. glean this talent and corral it in for your wonderful, wonderful Connecticut ballet. We're excited and it's going to make a wonderful Ballet Under the Stars program, um, really an incredible mix between hip hop and contemporary dance and classical and contemporary ballet, uh, storytelling, dealing with our gestalt, so to speak, our group and community need for um, release and celebration. We look forward to the summertime and next fall where we will be able to gather 
and watch live performance again. And these pieces will be right up there, ready to be apprehended. And, and uh, I think it'll help everyone in the next phase. We still have a lot of recovery to do. Speaking yeah. of addiction, I mean, this is, this is going to be a mental condition for dancers emotionally and choreographers for years. Many people's careers have just uh, basically evaporated. So we're going to have to hold on to one another and and hold each other up. And uh, this is part of that. It's it's a network of connection. And I hope we just keep it going. A network I love the fact connection. that we can do it online and we're touching many, many more people, ironically. Um, but we also want to have that live experience. And we're looking forward to, uh, given the protocols and the guidelines, getting back out there this summer with Ballet Under the Stars. Knock, knock, knock. Hopefully. Joanne, what can you explain to us what your piece that you're offering to Connecticut Ballet is about? Well, actually, uh, <laughs> I think it's somehow related. I feel it's going to be related with all this we have been talking about. Um, when when Brett contacted me, when, when we first saw, he he mentioned, he really told me the the idea and the feelings he had behind the series. And Brett really wants to celebrate this comeback that we are having this being on the studio, the opportunity to finally do what we are meant to do. That mm-hmm. those were the words that Brett used. Um, I, I, I am part of that movement also. I am excited. I wasn't expecting a, 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 a mail by Brett, Brett about doing this. I'm just, I feel like I wasn't even ready. Right. So I'm just, it's, it's, it's like my first time ever doing this so it's really cool to me but also i i didn't want to neglect all these um contradictions in a way or obstacles that i think i've been trying to mention in our in our chat today and how um all these good things have come thanks to a struggle or a moment that that everyone had to step back and figure something out and then take a step forward so i of course, I think that my piece is going to be a little bit of that. It's going to have that hopefully can put together that feeling or that moment in life mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that I, I feel we all went through in our own way. Mm-hmm. But that it had landmarks for everyone that were very specific. Absolutely, Juan Rodriguez. It's rebirth you're talking about. I think it's very exciting. Tell me, Nicole Tung and, and Joanne Rodriguez, have, have you two worked together before? Oh, no, this is the first time we've actually met. Yes, first time we met. <clears throat> you see, this is what's so fun to me about Brett Raphael and Connecticut Ballet and how he brings world-class artists together and reminds all of us that Regional ballet can be as exciting as anything happening in the major cities uh, in the world. So kudos to you, uh, Brett. So what what would you like out of this? What would you do? You want people to sign up for subscriptions? Do you want to raise the awareness now? How do we find tickets? What are you offering that we can buy? Well, first of all, thank you to to you, Pamela, uh, for you're the matchmaker here. <laughs> Um, we would love people to to go to our website and actually subscribe to the series. You can still do that, and it's $75 for an individual subscription, which is pretty nominal, and uh, 
You get a T-shirt for Ballet Under the Stars. We're going to come out with a brand new celebration T-shirt for summertime. Everyone is so eager to look forward to those times of being outside together. So that's my hope. And uh, meanwhile, we're in that hibernation <laughs> season where we're all stuck at home and it's cold outside and we can enjoy the dance online. So our website is ConnecticutBallet.org. And if people go there, they can subscribe directly. And we would really love to have more subscribers for these new works. Brett Raphael, is, uh, how do we move forward and how can we all out here help you? Well, I think what Nicole said is critical, that this, we're, we're all part of a little support system. And in my case, it, it has meant literally hand-delivering pieces of Marley to some of our dancers in the Bronx mm. during the pandemic so that they could work in their basement. Uh, money changing hands so that they had something to get by. And an, a weekly email, a, a, a quote of the week. I mean, the kinds of things that just nourish on a very s- simple level to keep us connected because this pandemic has destroyed so much connectivity. Now we have to build it back. And uh, hopefully the screen uh, will get bigger and bigger and we won't be limited to just this anymore. <laughs> we'll be back to the big screen. And where we can actually hug and do the pas yeah. de together. And I recently did a show where I actually on positivity, actually, where I actually asked everyone to go out and buy groceries for someone or to do something as simple as just listening. I just want to thank all of you, Brett Raphael, Juan Rodriguez and Nicole Tung, because you have done exactly that today. You, you have been so profoundly beautiful in your words, the need for connectivity, the need for deep understanding of how we need to, to make art. And I know we're in good hands with all of you. I, I, I can't wait for the results. I just can't wait. So, Brett, February 28th is the next broadcast. I think we're looking at the fourth Sunday of each month, correct? That's right, for five months running. Yeah. This is so exciting. And and so Juan and Nicole, your pieces are coming up over, over over the next couple of months. And I want everyone out there listening, all my listeners on center stage who are supporting the arts, you need to continue to put Connecticut Ballet at the top of your list. Never forget how important it is to move and to observe the dance. Listen, everyone, I want to thank you so much. You're you're all ambassadors for the spirit, not just for dance. And I hope you will not be a stranger to my show. And I can't wait to see the product of everything. And Juwan, I I will look at your abs video again, but I just don't know if I'm going to be able to deal. I don't know if I can do it. I'll try. (laughs) And in in the quietude of my own home, I might give it a go because we're all dealing with the extra COVID-19. I'm talking about poundage now. Um, (laughs) And in Nicole's case, in stone. So, (laughs) but anyway, thank you so much for being with me. You've all been just great. And please, everyone go to ConnecticutBallet.org. This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage.